Welcome to episode 48 of You Shall Not Pass Go. I am your host, Dave, and I am once again very excited to have Alex join me on this episode. Thank you again, Alex, for coming out. And by coming out, I mean like, you know, just logging on to your Discord (laughs) and talking with me in your your own home. But thank you for taking me time uh, to talk about some stuff. Yeah, I'm very pleased. I... I mean, as I mentioned at the end last time, I could talk about literally anything. And I already had stuff I wanted to talk about before this. And then before this podcast was going to happen, even more stuff got announced that was related to the kind of thing we were going to talk about. So it was like, oh, God, we're going to need some time here. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of a lot of snowball effect for sure. Um, Again, I'm just going to do a shameless plug here. Please follow Alex on Twitch Darksaber as per the you know, uh, tongue in cheek humor of our last episode. Um, but, uh, yeah. So now that that shameless plug is, is out of the way. Um, if you came here for, for board games, magic or D and D probably not the episode for you because <laughs> Alex and I decided with all of the star Wars shenanigans that are going on, plus an idea that Alex had, uh, previously this, is a galaxy far, far away episode. And we are going to discuss non-stop Star Wars things. So if that's something that interests you, by all means, keep listening to two nerds talk about Star Wars. If that's not, you can tune in to episode 49 and we'll be back with some other stuff. <laughs> all right, so um, I can we begin, maybe we should begin with the announcements. Because for the end, yeah, let's begin with the announcements. So at the time of this cast, we are about a week or so out from uh, Disney's Investors Day, which every year is, you know, the money grubbing corporations way. I mean, Disney's wonderful corporations way of getting together and (laughs) saying, hey, look at all of the stuff. Actually, we're going to do as the time of this recording or the recording, I guess I should specify this is this has only been like three or four days ago. Has it? Wow. Yeah. It seems like it's will, been a solid time is weird now. 2020 is not. It's not. a. It's a whole. It's not a real. There's no actual time in 2020. It's all just a hole that everything just falls into. Three, four days was like a month ago, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Disney Investors Day was out. And of course, Disney, as they do every year, they're just like, hey, we're going to remind you of all of the reasons why you should invest in Disney by showing you Marvel uh, Star Wars, and then, oh yeah, like regular Disney things like Pixar and I guess some other random, like, I think Mickey's in there somewhere. It doesn't matter. Look at all the Marvel. Look at all the Disney. Don't you like Marvel and and and, and Disney together? Look at all the Star Wars. Look at all the Disney. Oh, Star Wars and Disney together. And they just blend that for, for a couple hours. And you know what? I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, it's I fine. Mean, um, I, I, saw, I just saw all that stuff and... I was reminded of why I was so excited to see all of these things back when um, all of the Marvel, you know, story arcs were happening on mm. in the movies and how I used to be excited in the in the long, long ago. I used to be excited about going to the movie theater to watch a new Marvel movie. Ooh, how how dangerous of you with people <laughs> unmasked in a small enclosed space. <laughs> it was crazy times. But seeing all that stuff reminded me like, oh, man, I can't wait to see more 
more stuff. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Yeah, and and that Marvel stuff, we're gonna we're gonna press that to the side because Star Wars, we have a, a lengthy thing to talk about. I think as we talk about the uh, the reveals, you and I should sort of discuss whether or not. We're going to say like a, I don't, maybe not like a a one, two, three scale per se, but I'm going to go with, we'll each say either excited, indifferent, or not excited at all for each Mm. of the things that they've announced. So I'm going to start with the first one that's on my mind. Um, And this is, and again, some of these things have been announced, but they just sort of rehashed them like, hey, remember that these things are happening. Um, So the first one is that... uh, Oh my god, I can't even remember his name. That should already tell you how excited I am about this one. Um, the Rogue One dude. Oh, can't think Cassian, of his name. The Cassian one? Yes, and, the Cassian. Andor? The, the Andor uh, show about this one random fan favorite character, even though personally my fan favorite character in that movie by far was Donnie Yen's character, um, who just, you know, I am one with the force, forces with me. Oh, that's the character that needs his own movie or and or show but fine fine what do you think of the of the upcoming show on cassian uh, yeah i'm most i'm i'm pretty indifferent i i it's it's not easy i'll just sort of spoil it now it's not easy for me to say i'm not excited about really any of these because mm-hmm. i um i know that uh I know that they have some sort of a vision in some way. So uh I so just because I don't know doesn't mean it won't be good, which mm. is why I'm sort of just removing any expectations from something I ha- I know nothing about and just weighing it out. So I'm indifferent, but I could be sp- I could be excited. I don't know. There's something on this list that I wasn't different towards and then became excited. So, you know, there you go. Okay. So for me, I mean, clearly I am not excited and I will, I will tell you why. Um, and I'm sure this will play maybe into our conversation later. Maybe it won't. Cause it's not technically part of what we're going to talk about, though it is in a way made in the same vein. Um, Rogue one in general left a bad taste in my mouth because as I watched it, my brain kept saying, I don't know any of these people, which means something. It means that none of them are important enough to survive this movie. And I knew that going in, like the more characters they kept introducing, like, look at this cool robot. Look at this cool, uh, this cool, not Han Solo. Uh, Yeah. uh, Look at this like random character that seems like she's important. And I just kept, and, and the more I watched it, the more I'm just like, I know for a fact that none of these characters can make it out of this movie. Otherwise, they would be somewhere. We, I would have heard about, like, even if it was, like, that person in the cantina who winked at Luke that one time, I would know about it, right? Like, I would know. If Greedo was in the movie, I would be like, oh, man, I know how, I know how that story ends. Who shoots first, am I right? But no, like, I'm, like, I'm, I just, I knew. So already it left a bad taste in my mouth, despite my love of Donnie Yen's character, and then I felt by the end of it, 
I went away going, wow, the only thing that movie did for me was make me weirded out by the uncanny valley of the Princess Leia like thing. And Tarkin. And Tarkin, yeah. Oof, Tarkin. And wow. Darth Vader. (laughs) And then then that was my, that's what I left with. So to have now a show about a character whose journey I know how it ends and to try to force fit even greater importance into this character's backstory, I just have a feeling is in, and again, this is my own feeling. I am not... I'm not saying you can't please me with fan service and I'm not saying I don't have a soft spot for the nostalgia button, but because I'm so, um, entrenched in that environment in media right now, I'm almost, I'm oversaturated. So it's lost its luster. So like if you randomly throw three PO into the mix or like, oh, hey, you and McGregor show you and McGregor shows up randomly um, as a small crossover episode as Obi-Wan in the in the Cassian thing. Like, I'm sorry, pressing that nostalgia button or that like fan service button is not enough for me to be like, I really need to see this character's like story Um, because, again, I know how it ends and I know like what his final moment of glory is. And you can try and tell me, oh, but he had these other adventures that were also like, I'm, I'm sorry, like I just don't. It's just not for me. It's it's almost like uh, I read Ready Player Two, um, which I won't get into in this cast. That will be for maybe our next one. But I'll say this much. When I read Ready Player One, I like... I knew what he was doing when he was pressing all those buttons, all the fan service and nostalgia buttons, all the look at this nerd reference. Look at this thing. Every nerd knows. Oh man. Remember, remember pogs, right? Like it doesn't matter. Like I, I was in and I was loving every second of it. I was like, Oh, you know, spoiler alerts from a ready player one. Oh shit. A Gundam. (laughs) Oh my God. What did you say? A team up between Deadpool and who, what, what is going on here? Right? Like all of these things I was so in, especially because they started it talking about D and D and then using the tomb of horrors, one of my all time favorites and Aserac and knowing that tomb and the exploration of it, like everything about that. I was like, okay, man, you got me. You got me. I enjoyed it. I even I ended up watching the movie. It was okay. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just, eh. but I loved the book. I really did. I read ready player two. And this time I felt him trying that on me. Like the first time I I recognized it was there, but I was along for the ride. This time I was like, stop, stop, please. Like, just tell a story. Like, I don't need this random thing. Like, I know you're a nerd, please. I know. Exactly. And so again, I'm oversaturated. So rolling that back to, to Cassian's story, I feel like for me, and the only and that's the only way I can see them drawing. I mean, granted, Star Wars, like if you're a Star Wars fan all around, you're just going to watch it because you're going to watch it. You're going to be excited because you're going to be excited. But if you're like me and it's like you 
you've seen this character's journey end and, and it just doesn't hold that luster, they're going to try and hit hit us with the fan service. And it's like something, something, some tie-in is going to happen. They're going to be able to look, see how this character was important even before Rogue One? And I'm just going to be like, stop. Like, just stop. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why for me, I'm going to go not excited on, on Cassian's uh, show. I respect that. Um, next up, let's roll into... Uh, uh, Rogue Squadron, um, a Patty Jenkins directed series coming out about Rogue, Rogue Squadron, Squadron. Um, which, if I understand correctly, is a is it taking place during the time when is Rogue Squadron? I'm going to ask. Maybe, you know, when is it supposed to take place? Is it during the time of Mandalorian? Is um, it about that random like like the, the, oh. the, the the random dudes that have been showing up in Mando recently, like, is it their squad that we're watching? Or I assume is this like, that was, I assumed that was Rangers of the new Republic would be those guys. Oh, word. Yes. You're um, right. Rogue squadron was, uh, rogue squadron. Wasn't Luke. Uh, well, he was in, Luke was in rogue squadron at one point, but I don't think rogue, but he was, I don't think he was forever part of rogue rogue squadron um i think like him and wedge like they all were part of rogue squadron at one point the problem is i didn't <sighs> the problem is i played rogue squadron once a long time ago and then never played it again and then i played it once on gamecube and unlocked uh used a cheat code and unlocked all the ships so that i could play with all the different ships um but like but i know people love rogue squadron and patty jenkins i mean so far hasn't led me astray good track record i haven't seen did she direct 84 yes she directed 80 i i did not yeah. see 84 yet i mean well, i know it's, it's not out it's not out yeah. yet right it's coming out to uh, the 25th the yeah. christmas yeah so i will i will watch 84 wait is it 84 um, 85 i thought it was 84 i don't remember yeah you may be right i don't know why for some Reg- reason in my head i was like general 80s <laughs> the 80s wonder woman 80s wonder woman 80s yeah um yeah no i mean i agree um i mean what's there to say are you i mean i know you said you're pretty much going to be excited for all of them but well, i mean excited or indifferent i mean uh, uh, you know i mean you can see even with the first wonder woman and then the fact that obviously the main character, uh, sorry, um, uh, Steve is a, you know, is an, is a pilot. And then Wonder Woman very famously flies an invisible, you know, an invisible jet jet. Yep. Like, you know, she's very obviously Patty Jenkins very much likes planes. And and she gave the little speech about, you know, about her dad in the Air Force and everything. So. So I don't know. Yeah, it seems like uh, a story of if it's a story of camaraderie and a space battle. I mean, <sighs> space battles in Star Wars. And this will be something we talk about later, probably because it's you know just one aspect. It is always it's crazy how once you sort of slip in to like watching a space battle in Star Wars, it's always like, oh, this is very exciting. I, I, it's it's very strange because before that you're like, yeah, I think space battles and Star Wars are pretty cool. But then you see one, then you like are watching one in the theaters and you're and all of a sudden it's like I'm so invested in what's happening. Mm. Um, so so sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, show me sweet space battles, but also with um, friends are the true power. 
Interesting. Yeah. For me, uh, again, not excited. And for reference, reference my, my rant on Cassian again, I'm, I'm not saying these characters don't have stories to tell. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying that I also understand that Disney is at this point as is, you know, just general star Wars is kind of at this point where it's like, all right, we've, we've finished, you know, the quote unquote Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. So what are we doing now? How do we keep the franchise alive? How do we create new stories for these, um, you know, these people. And I'm not saying that I don't want new stories. Case in point, Mandalorian. <laughs> Love the Mandalorian. Was so excited for it. Like, uh, hands down. And not because I even knew that there would be any tie-ins to anything. It was just like, hey, remember those dudes from Clone uh, from the Clone Wars series? Well, one of them's going to have a series of his own now, and it's going to be awesome. And it's you know, there's going to be it's going to be a bounty hunter series. And I was like, okay, like this sounds great. Like I love this concept. Um, it, and I think maybe for me, it's because it was a it was a new character, and B it was sort of to some degree, though it's kind of changed now in some ways, uh, single, single focus. Sure. Like th- it's this, it's the story of, of Mando, of Din Djarin, of this character. And yes, it, it has evolved and, and there are other pieces in play, but at the heart of it, like it is the Mandalorian story. And I like that, that like, let's focus on this, but again, not with Cassian who, I know the end of his story. I don't know the end of Mando's story. And it doesn't even need to have any connection to any of the other, like, movies or anything. Like, I mean, it's already had connections. But, like, it didn't even need it. I was I was happy when it was just Bounty Hunter Mandalorian looking for more Mandalorians, trying to get some Beskar to upgrade his armor. Like, I was like, I'm good with this. I don't yeah. need, like, you know, I don't need anything. Um, but again, uh, yeah, Rogue Squadron, I mean, eh. I think another portion of it is like, I wish like, again, for me, stories that I want to see, like I would love to see like an old Republic or high Republic series would be cool. Yeah. That well, would, I know that there's it? something with it. Um, yeah, there was a, I think it's like a comic. Oh, um, was it a comic? I thought they said that the next major movie arc was going to be the High Republic. If it is, I mean, I'm all about that. That's I believe cool. that's what they said. Like ancient, ancient Jedi orders and shit. Like or yeah. before they were Jedi. Like this is, yeah, sure, that's cool. I like maybe that. one director. We'll we'll save that till later. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, we'll, we'll roll on to the next announcement. How about uh, uh, I don't know which one do we want to do next. I'm kind of like. I feel like you could rapid fire like three of them just because we know almost nothing about it. So we could then just go. OK, yeah, sure. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for more Ewan McGregor. And- 100% excited. Bring back Ewan McGregor. You tell me a little bit more about again. Now, this is something important to me. Yes, I know. The know. End of, I, 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 I know the end of Obi's story. I know how he got to there. What's that middle portion? Yeah. You know, there's a mystery there that that's worth knowing. I I think. Um Bad Company. Oh, Bad Batch? 
Bad Batch. That's the one. Excuse I, me. Uh, so that was the one I was saying before that I uh, was indifferent towards. I was indifferent slash not excited because I thought eh, the Bad Batch, they were, a you know, a fun little arc in Clone in the last season of Clone Wars. But I don't know if they can really carry a whole show. But then the trailer came out and I realized what I would be looking at. I wasn't just seeing follow the Bad Batch through their adventures through the galaxy. <laughs> it was see the rank and file of the Republic Army turn into the uh, Imperial Army and see how they transition from one to another. Uh, an appearance by Fennec Shand, which Dave Filoni's just rubbing his hands like, <laughs> more. <laughs> All of my stuff will be will be the truth. Um, uh, so it all of a sudden became, yeah, it's, I think all of the interesting stories that aren't sequels or, uh, far prequels are just what is happening in the meantime. And if Clone Wars wasn't a good proof of concept of we can make something compelling out of the time in the middle, right? then because before then I'd say, yeah, well, I know how it ends and whatever. But once Clone Wars was good. It's like, sure, yeah, I, there's lots of really cool stories you could tell because you can then wrap it around later into something that shows up. Later. I mean, you, I, it seems so stupid because obviously it's Star Wars. It's the same universe, mm -hmm. but it gives you that Marvel Cinematic Universe of this character from this story and this story, because before now it was just, you know, the movies are in sequential order and it's all one story. And so of course the characters from this will be in this because they were in the last one. And right. You know, I, I mean, I'm listen, I'm excited because Filoni, I mean, yeah. that's what else, what else do you need really that you could stop there. Right. You could just say Filoni and be like, Oh, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> yep, pretty and much that's it. And that's it. But I mean, also, like, um, I mean, I don't know the voice actor's name, but the dude that voices Rex and the rest of the clones, like, always oh, loved Deep uh, D Bradley Baker. Is that D Bradley Baker? No, I believe so. Way. I believe it is. No freaking way. Hold on. I'm looking that up right now. I believe that's D Bradley, D Bradley Baker. No way. Is the voice of the clones? Yeah. Sure. I don't get me wrong. If you're right, that's amazing. I love, love D. Bradley Baker. I just usually I, I'm pretty good at recognizing voices. Wow, you are absolutely right. It really is. Holy smokes! I He's had, a pretty talented guy. I mean, yeah, but I like I had. I, <laughs> wow. I am I am shocked right now. That's wild. Huh. All right. Well, anyway, I'm excited to have D Bradley Baker back doing um doing clones, but also, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what I th I mean, like like you said, and what I'm assuming they'll touch upon is that transition from y you know, using a clone army into using 
tons of using the clone marty and, yeah. and, and sort of like showing like like well, where all the clones go what do they do with them and like i'm sure that's going to come up in the bad batch as well and, and i'm sure that that will that will be an integral part of their of their story but again you you tell me it's like hey look another clone wars-esque type animated story that filoni's pumping out and i'm i'm already in like i'm I like mean, yes it's essentially clone wars season eight Yes. I mean, literally, the 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 introduction of the title card is the Clone Wars title card being burned away for to make way for the Bad Bash. Like, this is just the next season of the Clone Wars. This is just that's what this is, which is great. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yep. So excited. Um, And then, of course, uh, you know, the the big one that I I had I had hoped for, but I didn't think would actually happen Star Wars Ahsoka. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I'm, I mean, all they needed was a good all they needed was a good proof of concept. They just needed uh here uh here will be Rosario Dawson playing Ahsoka and and then they say, "Dude, was this good? Did you all like this?" And everyone goes, "Oh, we loved it." And they go, "Excellent." As they like slowly pull the script from the next, you know, like into the screen, like really, you liked it, you say? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, my my only, I have one regret, and my only regret is I'm just gonna say it. They did Ashley Eckstein dirty. Hmm. And the only reason I say that is the fact that I know the actor that plays Bo-Katan has had a long history of live action and was in Battlestar Galactica and was in a couple of other series in her time. And so I understand that that's why it was very easy for them to take her and just let her play Bo-Katan in the live action version. Well, also she, she was one of the characters who had her faces modeled off of, uh, who had the character's face modeled off of the actress. Um, there are, there are a couple, there are a couple of characters that they specifically modeled them. Like, um, I've heard, I haven't seen the, I haven't seen it in a while. I heard that the actor for Ezra looked like Ezra. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the actor, you know, um, you know, Bo-Katan's actress looks like Bo-Katan. There's a, at least a similarity, whereas it's it's harder with. But I mean, obviously, I agree. It's tough to see Ahsoka and not hear Ashley Eckstein's voice when she talks. Right. Um, don't get me wrong though like Rosario Dawson I mean she did it she did the thing when we last talked about this we were speculating what episode it was going to be and you were like yeah it's going to be that one directed by Filoni it was <laughs> um, and yeah I mean I they they did it they did the thing She like the episode opened and Ahsoka was there and you were yeah. like here it is like there was no time wasted there was no like lead up to like oh is she in the woods somewhere as we like <laughs> slow burn this until the very end it was just episode opens sabers ignite there's Ahsoka like you know what I mean like and it was and it was just fine um so yes I, knows. I, I'm very excited for the Ahsoka series um, I'm interested to see 
where it's going to go. Is this just a series of her trying to track down Ezra and I mean, Thrawn? I mean, like, is it that, sounds like it. Is that that's, the series? Um, that's what it sounds like, which is fine. I just, you know, I I'll watch Ahsoka in anything. So honestly, like very excited, 100 percent excited. We'll watch 10 out of 10 would recommend without even watching. And we'll um, get a live action Sabine as well. Yes. So um, so crossover potentials galore. Oh, yeah. Um, they're going to have their own little like <laughs> like Star Wars Avengers. <laughs> I mean, there were several there were several levels. So when I watched um, like reactions to that episode, there were several levels. So most people met the oh, man, Ahsoka, that's so exciting levels. Um, but then obviously less so, but I, like even me in my living room, she because I was like, who is her master? Why does she keep why is she not just saying her master's name? Uh, and because Dave Floney is the master of being like, I know what you want to hear. So I'm going to wait until <laughs> the moment. And then and then uh, and then they're like, yeah, they're like, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And I was like, what? <laughs> like, they're bringing up Grand Admiral Thrawn on my television. <laughs> people are people are watching this. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was just blown away. So yeah, so they were literally just like, she might as well put that lightsaber up to her throat and gone, and gone. Now watch my show <laughs> to see what happens. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I mean speaking i mean so that so that's i think we hit all the the big ones the big ones yeah. yeah um i will say though there's there's speculation random random questions so mild spoilers here for for mandalorian um if you know we should have said that maybe earlier but definitely now um so grogu goes up on 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 the stone and reaches out mm. and i'm thinking to myself like like, who could there be? Who could there be? And then I thought of someone and I looked it up and I was like, am I crazy or is this a possibility now? Because apparently like 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 that in that same vein of like you were like, oh, my God, Thrawn was just what? Oh, um, uh, um, don't you you tell me who do you think it's someone we know or do you think it's someone we don't know? Well, if I a Jedi be, were to come, I would be surprised if it weren't someone we knew, mm-hmm. uh, there have been obviously like the sort of closed loop answer, even though it actually wouldn't be a closed loop. That actually wouldn't work. Luke wouldn't make any sense uh, because that would there'd be a whole lot of then questions that yep. would have to be answered later. Yep. Um, uh, so the only two you could sort of do is uh is Ezra, which maybe, and who knows, maybe like, you know, that could then connect to the Ahsoka series and, you know, Grogu and the Mandalorian and Din, they show up in that one. And, you know, like, so that's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, how old would Cal Kestis be? There it right is. Now? There it is. <laughs> that was exactly my thought. I was like, it's going to be Cal Kestis. Um, or Kyle Katarn. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I'm serious, man. Like Cal Kestis, it would make sense because for the same reason you said before, I mean, that character was literally modeled 
exactly yeah. on the actor. Yeah. So there's no work to be done there. It's you bring him in and it's Cal Kestis further along on his journey. Um, how old would he be? A while. It, Cause he was a kid when the, when order 66 happened. And so this is what, like, this is like, I don't know. This is before the sequels. So I looked it up and it's like not 30 as long years or it, something it, like it's 20, not, 30 years. It's not as long as you think it was. Hold on. Um, well, the Clone Wars, I looked it up yesterday, a couple of days ago. The Clone Wars was only like three years long or something. So the Clone. Oh, my God. You try to Google a simple answer and it's like, well, this happens here and this happens there. OK, so or like how long did the Empire reign is essentially the question you would. So here it is. It says. Star it says Star Wars Revenge of the Sith which would be Order 66 Revenge of the Sith was the year 19 uh, BBY which is the what is that the Battle of Yavin Um, okay yeah that's the Death Star battle right yeah okay yeah so okay so that's that's 19 years there and then by the time Mandalorian strikes, it's nine years after that battle. So it's 19. So it's 28 years. It's 28 years from Order 66. And he was a kid. So he'd really only be in his 30s. Mm. True. So it could. Yeah. I mean, so it, it very, very much could be. Uh, man, and then we get all of the his cast of characters, and it'll be like, what's going to happen with them? When the, where, where are they going to go? That's going to be because I remember at the end of wait Fall, for next uh, year's Disney's Investors Day when like, <laughs> Star Wars Kestis. <laughs> I I mean I remember getting to the end of that game and being like, oh, I love this cast of characters, and the game's over. And I was like, oh. did we, did we talk about this like in person? I don't remember like if in we person, did, or we did. Maybe. Possible. Yeah, I I don't know if I ever talked about this on the cast or not. I can't even remember at this point. But I'll tell you just very briefly. These were my thoughts. My beginning thoughts of that game were, oh, am I supposed to care about that guy? In reference to like the very first person that gets killed. Like Cal Kestis, oh. spoiler alert, has like a friend on the planet he's hiding out on in the very beginning of the game. And there's this very overly emotional scene where his friend dies. And, but the way the scene comes across is like, Almost as if they it was it's it's a scene that I would have seen in any other game 20 hours in where I would have had emotional attachment and been like, no, like Billy, don't die. I I didn't. I, was, I literally turned to my wife and I was like, do it. Do we do we care? Do we care that that guy got I mean, who who was that guy? <laughs> and then, yes. By the end of the game, I thought the exact same thing you did. Where, I yes, thought to myself, we have talked about this. I thought to myself, wait, where's the second? That's it. Like, where, where's the rest? Like, where's, yeah. where, where's the, it just started. Like, that, it just got where it needed to go for me to finally <laughs> be like, okay. Yeah. So I 100% uh, agree with that. Yes. We have had this conversation where it felt like, where it felt like, this was the end of a very good act one. Yes. And now where's the next part? Cause he literally just assembled his team and then the game was over. Yep. And I was like, what? But I just got all of my friends on the ship. And what, what about the wacky interactions and stuff? What, what, what about, I was hoping for like some major DLC or something, but 
Yeah. Nothing. Mm. So who knows? Grogu's master, Cal Kestis, Master Kestis. Because the other the other thing to also realize here is, and the reason I thought of him <clears throat> almost immediately was not just because I was like, well, what Jedi's alive right now that I can think of, which was part of it. But the other part is, again, minor spoilers for uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, Kestis's whole mission in that game revolves around recovering the data of the whereabouts of Force-sensitive children. Which is, despite his 80 years or whatever of age, is exactly what Grogu is. A Force-sensitive child. So... It just in my mind, I was like, not that he would have like a homing beacon per se, but the fact that like Cal Kestis's direct mission for a very lengthy amount of time was like protect the force sensitive children. It in my mind, I was just like, it would make sense that Cal Kestis would be the one to answer Grogu's call. Yeah, because he specifically. I mean, literally, the spoilers for the ending of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, he destroys the thing that tells him where all the four sensitive children are and basically saying if they are wanting to learn, you know, let them reach out first. I'm not going to seek them out. Although Grogu's, like, Grogu almost doesn't even classify as a just a force sensitive child he was literally a training in the jedi temple right like he was he's got just about as many years as cal Kestis <laughs> as a jedi but i think it also it's something to do bit, with like yeah he, he, there's a there's a maturity and mental capacity thing like right. clearly he is despite his age and his training like he's still a like a baby he's a little child baby <laughs> You know, yeah. he doesn't have that capacity that it's it's the same reason why, you know, it's like D&D rules, right? Like, yes, an elf might be like 120 years old, but they might have like the mental and, and intellect of of a baby. You know what I mean? Because or not mm-hmm. a baby, but like a small child or something, because they just they age differently and they mature right. differently. Right. But yeah. Right. So all in all, exactly. So that's why I'm thinking like. It would make sense for Cal Kestis to be like, I heard, and here I am. Um, also, just real quick, this past episode, I mean, first a spoiler, spoilers for <sighs> the penultimate episode of season two of Mandalorian. You saw it, I'm assuming, yeah? Of course, I, yes. Okay, so, I mean, first off, God, he took it off for Grogu. <sighs> like, that says something right there. And then... That aside, I'm going to let that hang in the air, because even though that was a spoiler, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to let that hang. But you can put two and two together, I'm sure. Really, the best part of that episode for me is Boba Fett's upgraded look. Oh, interesting. I love the like, because in the the episode prior, you sort of got it when he put up his old like janked on armor on top of like his robe. But now that it's got like a fresh coat of paint, some Mm -hmm. solid polish and like well fitted to like his like traveling robe. It's a cool looking outfit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Boba's Boba's got style. I mean, that my favorite part of that episode that I still sort of like watch back on because it's it is 
there is a there's a thing that goes around where people are surprised, but it's actually um, which is we won't go too deep into this, but it's really a thing where people are often surprised when comedic actors or, or co- comedians just in general, uh, when they need to be put into a situation where they need to play drama, mm-hmm. that they're good at it. And people go, well, I didn't even know he was someone was capable of that. And it's really that comedians are actually some of the best people to be able to get into the space of a person who is extremely upset and trying to mask it with comedy because that's literally what they do every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my favorite part of that episode the table was, Bill Burr, was just Bill Burr's just pure like just feeling his just pure rage like bubbling up slowly but surely the table conversation uh, when they're yeah, talking i just yeah i mean it was it was awesome i was i was because because at that point i wasn't thinking what's bill burr gonna do i was thinking i hope he makes it out <laughs> i hope he makes it out of it i mean damn god damn it was great and then uh and then the and then the seismic charge and then oh man it's just there's a lot of great there's a lot of great stuff in that episode for for an episode uh for an episode with no Grogu there's a lot of there's a lot of great stuff in it man minus the ending I I made fun of that ending with my wife a lot again I, spoilers for the ending um Mando warns Moff Gideon that he's coming okay do you know so. I, when I was watching this episode, was like, this is a very silly message. I don't really get it. Why is he sending Moff Gideon a message? Only afterwards did I find out and then be like, oh, that's right. This is what Moff Gideon told him last season. The exact word for word. You have something that I want. Like, you think you know, you think you understand, but you do not. Like, that whole thing, word for word. And he was giving it right back to him. To sort of be like, to be like, you know, how you feel about how you feel about it. I feel exactly the same way. And you should be just as you should know that I feel the exact same. And so when I look back on it afterwards, I was like, oh, OK, I, now I get it. This message on its own doesn't make any sense. I don't understand why he would send this message. He's speaking like he never speaks. I don't get it. I mean, I I, I recognized the callback. For me, it's just more like you literally have the element of surprise right now. Why give it away? Mm, I yeah. I mean, that's. I guess that's fair. I, I uh, like he literally just put Moff Gideon on high alert. Yeah, true. I uh, and, and and they've got one ship. They've got Slave One. Well, that's all the ship you need. <laughs> you need more ship than that. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, I watched some people be like, oh, it's now Slave One's going to have to fight against these two TIE fighters. And I was like, this is Slave One. Like, this is, you understand? This is Slave One. That compact this, charge that he just dropped. Oh, the seismic charge. It was just the coolest. That was God, the, it's just the coolest thing. That was sick. That was amazing. <laughs> um, I also have a sick, like, I really wish, I don't think she'll be back this season, but it'd be cool if... If Din like had gone back to go get like Ahsoka for help to get Grogu mm. and if and if Boba was there and there was that like, <sighs> like the last time they met, that was 
It was a fucking different time. <laughs> um, you know, Boba was a kid. He had just tried to assassinate Mace Windu. Um, well, Ahsoka has mellowed out pretty significantly right and, since and, that time. I mean, so has Boba in some ways, right? Like, I mean, he's not just like... I mean, angsty Clone Wars Boba was like very <laughs> high strung, you know. This yeah, well, yes. This Boba's more just like, you know, I'm just a man making his way through the galaxy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just like, oh man, what a what an I just I, I yearn to see like how that would be crafted. But again, that has nothing to do with Mando and everything to do with like Feloniverse <laughs> imploding upon itself. Um anyway, yeah. So why don't you open up with uh, not open up, I guess, but why don't you continue on with the heart of the meat of, okay. of what you wanted to talk about? So I had been thinking a lot about uh, we because we've had conversations on and off. I've had conversations on and off with plenty of people um, about the sequel trilogy, because I've often seen it's it, the reason that it's come to the forefront of my brain nowadays is because the Mandalorian has reinvigorated so many Star Wars fans into being excited about Star Wars stuff. And and they say, oh, man, if they introduce some, you know, they introduce the Filoni-verse, you know, time travel stuff, they, maybe they could undo the sequels. And my first thought is, that's stupid. And my second thought is, that's stupid. Don't do that. Still don't do that. <laughs> I know you don't like it, but don't do that. That would be a terrible idea. So I wanted to sort of just run a... Um, a postmortem on sort of all three movies, like in sort of in sort of not break them down totally, but sort of the impact that they had that they sort of have on Star Wars as a whole mm-hmm. and what's worth like what's worth uh, what's worth bringing back for the future and what's worth never talking about again. And we don't need to discuss it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and so, um, so I was looking with, um, I've heard a lot about the, um, the light speed Ram and how stupid that was and how but, it doesn't make sense. Well, that's, but, that's jumping into the second no, no, movie. No, right. But, but, but I remember in the, f- in seven the uh, the Millennium Falcon is inside of a ship, and they're like, "You can't can't jump can't jump out of it, you know? Like we can't uh, can't jump to hyperspace out of here, you know? It would be dangerous." And they're like, "We just do it," and then they just do it, and then everything works out for them. And it was like, "Okay, so we'll just forget it, <laughs> like just forget it." Three movies all did something with hyperspeed. They all did something different. One was like, let's jump out of confined space with no movement whatsoever. Um, one is, what if you hyperspace into something? And one is, what if you hyperspace a lot really fast? Um, and I feel like I feel like it's fine to do all of them. If you haven't done it before, then now you have. And now it's there. Now it's in the universe. And I don't I don't see the I don't see the point of just because it's like well, this would change warfare forever. And it's like, well, it hasn't. So, I mean, again, do you want to do you want to start with that or do you want to go back and, and do this? Because you mentioned doing it in order, yeah. movie by movie. Yeah, yeah. So, right. So, so that was, yeah, that was just something that was 
poking out of my head because I it was while I was thinking of this, I thought about like, wait a second, didn't they do something with hyperspace in seven? And then I yeah. So as a sequel, so I remember being in the theaters for uh I remember being in oh obviously I wasn't that young. <laughs> when, I remember when, when old Force Awakens came out back in the old yesteryear of 2017 or 2016, whenever it was. And I thought, and I, I mean, here's the thing. Despite what I am going to say about J.J. Abrams throughout the rest of this conversation, I mean, he's very good at creating a very like, uh, he's. He's very visually good at directing. That's obviously that's he's very good at that. Whether you then break it down and go, why did this happen? Don't worry about it. But so, you know, Kylo Ren stopping the blaster bolt midair. Was super cool. I I I don't think I'd ever seen anyone do that before, like with the just with their hand, with the force. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd ever seen it before. So that was really cool. And uh and uh oh boy. Um I don't know why we didn't get a chance to meet the new republic before it all blew up. They were sa- they were saving it for all these Disney Plus series. <laughs> I guess I guess so. That's that's why. They blew up Mon Mothma and a bunch of other planets all at once and then they said we're going to solve it in this movie Um, which in retrospect was them saying hey let's do A New Hope again to sort of get everybody acclimated back into the world of Star Wars mm-hmm. before we do something new I mean they basically took they basically took Luke Skywalker and broke him up into three characters. Yep. They took his piloting and put it in a Poe. They took his sort of scrappy underdogness and put it into Finn and then took the the force abilities and force sensitiveness and put it into Rey. And they split him up. And then, like, what if Luke Skywalker was three characters? Um, and I love those characters, man. I do, too. I really like them. I and like Ray Finn and Poe. I yeah. even like Kylo Ren. Yeah, I do too. So much. <laughs> I thought Kylo Ren is great. I I mean, here's my here's my thoughts about Force Awakens. I okay. I'm gonna use a previous reference from this episode. J.J. Abrams is Ernest Klein of of movies. Ernest kind of movies. He's, he he presses the nostalgia button a lot. He presses the the <laughs> yes. fan service button a lot and says, "Oh, look at this! Remember this? You liked this, right? I'm gonna give it to you in in spades right now, my friends." <laughs> and being starved for a Star Wars movie for so many years, it worked. I think really well. I think. Again, I, I am equating it to my my reference earlier with Ready Player One. I recognized what was happening to me as it was happening, but I didn't care because my excitement and my distance from from the series uh, 
allowed it 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 overwhelmed me and, and overshadowed the knowing aspect of like J.J. Abrams is playing on my childhood and is playing on like things I like in ways that I like it and look at him, look at him, just be cool and make cool things and do the things that I remember. Oh, like literally made new hope again. Right. Like I, it reminds me of, um, did you watch Jane silent Bob reboot by any chance? Are you a Jane silent Bob fan at all? Um, sort of. I didn't watch that though. Okay. So I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Um, and they have Jane Silent Bob reboot on Amazon. Um, I've I've been upset because a lot of his recent work ha- has been like either limited theatrical runs or only released at certain times in certain places, and so I didn't get to see reboot when it was when it had its like mini mini theatrical release um, when he was like touring with it and uh, like certain theaters and you would go see it and he'd be there for Q and A afterwards. Um, but then it was on Prime and we watched it and this is even in the previews. I mean, you can see it in any trailer. But they asked um, Jason. Uh, oh, what's his face? Um, not Jason. Um, the dude from Mallrats, whose name I can't think of. Schwartzman. Uh, right with that? Hold on, that might be wrong. Well, I'm picturing Jason Schwartzman, but I'm not That's sure. Jason, what was his name? Not Jason Schwartzman. It's, That's the wrong no, name no, entirely. No, no. I can't think of his name. It's the My Name is Earl's guy, and I can't think of his name right now. Yeah. Mallrats. No, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Chris. No, it's Chris. Hold on. I don't want to look it up. I'm going to um, look it up. I'm just going to Yeah, I was going to say, you probably have to I don't want to just it's like, waste time in the podcast. Like, um, Chris. J and Silent Bob Reboot. Chris, 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 Probably would have been better off searching mall rats. You know, you're absolutely right. That's exactly what I'm going to do. It's not Chris. It's definitely, it's Jason Lee. Jason. Jason Lee. Um, wow, that was bad. That was really bad. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, so Jason Lee's character Brody in Mallrats takes, you know, he's in Jane Silent Bob reboot and, um, he essentially gives them the speech when they're just like, you know, well, what's a reboot? And he's like, a reboot is like, you know, where you take the thing that people love and then you just like, package it in a new thing and give it to them again. And he literally makes a force awakens reference and he's just like, you know, what's the movie where, and then he does like a general overview of what sounds like a new hope and Kevin Smith and, and, and Jason Mewes, they're like, Oh, you know, that's like star Wars, new hope. No, he's like, no force awakens. He's like, that's what we call reboot. Um, so anyway, I, I'm getting off track. My point is, is, J.J. Abrams knew how to push the button on me, and I accepted it. And I thought, in general, what I saw in Force Awakens, there was nothing about it that upset me. In fact, I I loved Force Awakens very much. I thought it was a solid, solid Star Wars film. Um, there might have been one or two moments that I was just like, come on, really? Huh. Um, and of course I like most was infuriated when I was in the theaters and we finally see Luke and he opens his mouth ever so slightly in the credits roll. And I was like, what the, <laughs> I remember, um, I remember being in theaters and watching the 
watching the like drone shot around the island. And because she holds out her hand with the lightsaber and then the music plays and it swells and it zooms in on him and then it zooms in on her and then it zooms in on him and then it zooms in on her and then it spins around the island. And I was like, why are we still here? Like, what are we doing? Like, are something about to happen or are we literally just sitting on the same shot for way, way, way too long? And as it turns out, yeah, we were just sitting on the shot for way, way, way too long. It was just to hold you in that suspense. That's all it was. <laughs> and I remember finding that very funny because I was I, I I there was nothing just how it just kept happening a bit where it started to uh, end up in parody almost mm-hmm. where I was like, are we making fun of a dramatic, you know, like scene, which I feel like Ryan Johnson was like, you know, it'd be great if it was a parody of a dramatic scene <laughs> like um, but. But I think all of all, all in all, like I'm realizing I have not as much to say about Force Awakens because Force Awakens doesn't really do. Doesn't really do anything, you know, it establishes what happens, you know, you find out. They establish they establish that Luke has gone and for some reason is gone. Right. That's what that's what that is what J.J. Abrams establishes. I just like to make that clear up front before we move on. And they kill Han, they kill Han Solo. They kill Han Solo, uh, which I thought, you know, it seemed like it was probably coming. Um, I th- uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Because I think it was sort of like a, you know, uh, he's presented with his father and he makes a different call that than, than what you would expect. Um, but... And then they say Luke is gone. Who knows? The the thing there's a there's a um at this point, uh commonly known um trope uh in regards to Mr. J- one Mr. J. J. Abrams, um called the mystery box, where he sets up stuff and he gets your attention and your interest based on the idea that there's something that's a mystery and who knows what it is. It could even be a boat. It, it could even be a boat. Um, and so there were a lot of questions that he just set up. He's like, why is Luke gone? The lightsaber. Uh, Maz Kanata goes, Maz Kanata goes, why do you, she said, Ray says, why do you have this lightsaber? And Maz Kanata goes, that's a story for another time. As it turns out, it's not a story for another time. We'll never find out why. Nope. But, until um, until we get you know Star Wars Kanata, which will be the limited <laughs> Disney Plus series. Um, uh, you know who is Supreme Leader Snoke? Is he the Emperor again? Who knows? That's literally probably what everybody thought when they first saw him. They were like, "Is this somehow the Emperor again?" Because who else would be like this powerful? I don't get it. Who I can't imagine who it would be. Surely he's just some clone or oh, puppet of the emperor or something. There is something force awakens establishes and I did not care for it. And that's sort of in vain. You just reminded me here's what they establish. Remember how you watched the end of uh, return of the Jedi and you thought to yourself, wow, everything's going to be okay. Now the war is over and the galaxy is going to be safe. <laughs> What Force Awakens established was apparently that battle and that ending was a small blip in a greater, greater epic that spanned much, much more and that it did pretty much 
nothing. That essentially the only people that cared that they won were like they were all on. They're all dancing with the Ewoks at the end of the episode at the end of episode six. And that's it. Everyone else in the galaxy is still completely clueless about anything in terms of the force, in terms of Jedi, in terms of like having a win against the, the you know, the Empire. Like literally it. That's what J.J. Abrams sets up. And I think that that did bother me. I will say that that, well, the you know, the the new versions of of, you know, Return of the Jedi have, you know, all around. And then in Mandalorian also, you know, they they show like, you know, the galaxy saw the second Death Star blow up. They, you know, it was a big day. But right. But like you said, it was like that was a big day. But, you know, the war kept going and then it ended on um, on uh, the, the planet where Rey was that I can't remember the name of. That was the last battle. Right. Um, or the last major battle. Um, And then I guess I feel like. I feel like in the Mandalorian, they're trying to set up the Empire establishing the first order. The first order, yeah. Beneath, like behind the scenes, which that's what that I pre- that's what that whole table conversation was about. When he yeah. was just like, "They're gonna need us, and they're gonna need something new, and this and that." Because the thing that they need more than anything is they need, you know, they need order, order. and that's and that's the reason we call it that, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only reason. Um, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I agree. Force Awakens. I mean, there's there's not much much more to it. A bunch of bunch of questions, not a bunch of answers, and some really cool battles. Then we move on yeah. to the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, which I I'm just gonna say right up front uh, before I love the Last Jedi. I also love the Last I, Jedi. I love the Last Jedi. I I have I have tried to keep conversations about the Last Jedi with a lot of people to a minimum because I know that that's not, I, I can't even necessarily say that's not a, that, that is not a popular opinion from the amount of, from the people that I would generally see and interact with. But I don't think it's as unpopular as the internet would make you think it is. Mm. But I, I, uh, I love The Last Jedi. It introduced so many things I was so excited about. Blue milk. Like, yeah, sure. Blue, yeah, blue milk. I mean, because it had to answer a bunch of stuff immediately. Because you had to say, why did Luke... Because, like I mentioned earlier, J.J. Abrams said, Luke is gone. He isn't taking part in the war. And now they give it to Ryan Johnson. And they say, hey... Luke is now talking with Ray. You can't avoid this. It has to happen. This conversation has to happen. So at that point, it's all right. Well, I got to come up with a reason why the the one of the most powerful Jedi masters ever left, left everybody in the dust and disappeared from the galaxy. Uh, and I have to come up with a reason for that. And and I think I personally was like totally fine. It, I was totally fine with the reason he came up with because you I people saying, oh, well, he's jaded and, you know, that's cynical and that wouldn't be what Luke is like. And I'm like, you'd have surely there would have to be something that makes him jaded and cynical if he, you know, fucks off to um, some other unknown part of the galaxy to, so nobody can find him like right. that's that would be. So I love how they portrayed Luke. I the the whole story made sense to me. I I the. 
Ray Ray's lineage doesn't, you know, well, I'm speaking in the past tense. Ray's lineage doesn't matter. Uh, who is Snoke? It doesn't matter because Kylo is actually going to be the new villain. He's going to be the new, you know, the new big bad guy. Uh, it's not just going to be so easy of a redemption story if you even do redeem him at all. Like, you know, uh, the resistance will was hanging on by a thread and they're going to need to figure it out. And I, I was like, I, I, you know, it's not a normal way you would set up a sequel. Like, sure. I, you know, it doesn't it doesn't cliffhang like a like a mid part would. But I think it's silly to say that you couldn't write a. You know, the ending to the trilogy would be solving the return of the first order. Yep. Like that would be the solution. You don't you don't need to be. How do I redeem Kylo Ren, defeat the first order, uh, make Rey uh, the most, you know, like make Rey the leader of the Jedi uh, do like how do I you don't need to resolve all those questions to finish a trilogy. You just need to have a. You know, a cohesive story, which unfortunately this trilogy does not because it was not one director's vision. Right. Which is a shame. But also, I mean, granted, OK, I've got a lot to say about that, about a lot of a lot to say in general. So firstly, I will say we you know, we also have to remember here, take that take that comment with a grain of salt because a director is a visual storyteller. Sure. True. But is not the screenwriter. True. And the and the thing and, and and granted, the director can have suggestions and can have a story outline, but at the end of the day, the people who wrote the movie wrote the movie. Like the director takes the script from the screenwriters and says, This is the thing that I'm going to put put direct. direct. And so you can't again, I didn't before I speak here, I should probably look up the writing credits of all three movies here um and see how much credit if at all at the directors had for screenwriting and for story um hmm, be- a good idea because again like you can't always say oh you know the story was bad because the director's vision blah 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 when at the end of the day like you know the screenwriters write the write the play and you know it's the director just visually then tells the story um so looking at Where's can I do full cast and crew somewhere? Okay. So like for instance, JJ Abrams did in fact co-write Force Awakens along with Lawrence Kasdan and Michael Michael Art. Those are the hmm. three credited writers of The Force Awakens. Lawrence Kasdan, I know that name. I think he was a was he a writer in No, he wasn't the writer for Empire Strikes Back, was he? I uh, didn't press the name, so I don't know. Um, okay, so then yes. So technically we can continue saying what we were saying because Ryan Johnson not only directed, but he wrote. And also, it should be noted, he has a singular writing credit for The Last Jedi. There is not another writer credited. So he wrote He wrote. So the, he, he wrote, wrote the film by himself, which is a feat in and of itself. <laughs> Most screenplays have at least two to three writers. It's t- he write knives out. Yeah. Also, uh, I can check. Hold on. Because 
I'm so glad that Knives Out like came out because then you could he did because then you could you could point to <laughs> you could point to Knives Out and be like, hey, do you see this very good, very well written movie? Yeah, he also did that. So uh, also, go ahead and tell me that he, Ryan Johnson's a bad writer because he, here's a movie about very good writing. He also wrote uh, um, Looper. And wow, oh, really? Wrote one of my favorite episodes of. Uh, oh wait, no, Breaking he, Bad. He wrote. Oh no, he didn't write it. Gilligan wrote it. He just directed it. Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He wrote. Ozy- um, directed Ozymandias. Anyway, but yeah. yeah, so he wrote and directed Looper, and wrote and directed um, Knives Out. Ooh, Knives Out two announced. Um, well, that's fun. Anyway, so point being is, so we can in fact say that it was, now we can say it was them. Okay. So let us continue. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, Wait, did JJ write Rise of Skywalker? Ass- because this is going to be important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm assuming so, but I will double check. This is going to be a big one. Yeah, wow. There are. Oh, no. There are God, don't say like four, five writers. There are four story credits and two screenplay re- credits. Oh, God. So the story oh. was by Derek Connolly, Colin Trevorrow, J.J. Abrams, and Chris Terrio. And then the actual screenplay of the story that they created was by J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio. So right, because Colin, yeah, because because uh, Trevorrow was gonna direct nine, and then he. He I don't remember exactly why he went off the project, but he wrote because he did write like a script for it, but they didn't use it. So they gave him a story credit for it. Um, But the point is, is so, yes. So the answer is we can directly now talk about J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson in terms of like what they did or didn't do. Um, Sure. So anyway, back to what I was saying about Last Jedi. I also love Last Jedi. I am not on the internet enough to know what the general feeling is of star Wars nerds. Like, you know, you tell me that a lot of people hate it or the internet says people hate it personally don't really know because I'm not on there enough. And the people that I talk to, I mean, the few nerds that I know, most of them enjoy it. And some it's a mixed bag, you know, but at the end of the day, um, I will say the things that, that did bother me about last Jedi and there was Canto bite. What's up? Canto bite bothered you. Canto bite bothered me because it was unnecessary. And I and mm. I hold by that. I hold by the fact that that side story, don't get me wrong. Well, okay, again, sort of talking with future knowledge here. And not that I agree with it, but Finn's story that ends up being a love story in Last Jedi clearly is proven not to matter when episode nine comes out. So and again, we'll talk about that. But even even taking it on its own, I said that that could have been that could have been we're going to go there and do the thing. OK, we did the thing. Now, where where to next? The, the almost the only purpose of of that part of the movie was a to have Finn do something, which there are many other things you could have had Finn do. Um, oops. No, I don't. Siri, stop that. Um Again, uh, you know, like I said, the is is to a like I get it. Have Finn do something, but B, I almost feel like the only true purpose of it, outside of maybe introducing Benicio del Toro's random ass character in that movie, um, is to set up children 
for the payoff ending, <laughs> um, which could have also been done other ways. Anyway, so, hmm. so that's my first my first gripe about the movie. My second gripe about the movie is I am not. I'm sorry. I again, sometimes I want the button. Sometimes you got to give me that hint of nostalgia. And what I and I do like things that are well interconnected. Again, not using episode nine, knowing what I know. But at the time that episode eight came out, I was upset when it was like, who are your parents? They were nobodies. They were absolutely Mm. nobodies. I was not necessarily a fan of that. I like like at the time I was like, oh, I guess that's kind of cool. But the more I looked at it, the more I thought about it. And even now thinking about it, I'm like, no, like I, I know in my heart of hearts, I wanted her. I wanted her parentage. I because of what episode again, because of the mystery box, the way episode seven set me up, I wanted her to matter. It, it didn't have to be, mind you, it didn't have to be Skywalker. I know a lot of people that were just like, oh, she's going to be a, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, it could have been oh, Obi-Wan. Oh, it didn't even have to be Obi-Wan. It could have been hell. It could have been a soak as like great grandniece or something like. But again, it doesn't even have to be a character I know. Right. It could have just been. I just wanted her parentage. I wanted her something more from her rather than like this is a random force sensitive child that is powerful. Like I wanted something, give me anything to explain why she's special. I'm not a fan of like, and I'm not saying there's not a way to do it, right? Like I'm, I'm kind of skipping over to a different movie to use it as an example, but like I loved into the spider verse and I like, I love that the message that miles gives in that movie is that like anyone can wear the mask. You can wear the mask because the idea is like, you know, it's you just have to. It's that leap of faith. It's that believing yeah, that you're special yeah. that makes you special. Right. And I think in that movie it was done right. However, with that being said, that's also a movie that takes a character that he was bitten by a radioactive spider, which despite what Miles says, does make him slightly more special than everybody else. <laughs> And to top it off, because he puts himself in the dimensional chamber in the beginning of the movie and or or because uh, I guess because Peter does or whatever else, you end up connecting with all of these other spider people and going on this grand adventure and finding out that you're now like inherently connected to the spider verse. So I'm sorry, like, yes, anyone can wear the mask, but you wore it. Because you were bitten by a radioactive spider, because you have the abilities and the backstory that have now created. You watched Peter Parker die. Right, you got right. charged with this quest. You have the 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 shoulder touch. You know, you have these things that make you special and make me care. So that's why I like the idea of the child at the end of the movie where you like the I love the silhouette of like the broom being a lightsaber and like that lasting image of this force sensitive child out in the world. Um, loved that, but I wanted Ray to be more special than a random force user. Didn't have to be a Skywalker child. Didn't have to be a Kenobi child. Didn't have to be, could have been like, 
You could have said Cal Kestis's name, and I would have been like, "Who's that?" And then only years <laughs> later, it'd be like, "Wow, that's that guy. This is Ray's dad, right?" Like I would have been really excited for that. But my point is, I. I didn't like the throwaway of setting up a character who in the last movie we were told this person is special to be told just kidding. She's not special at all. Mm. She's just a force user. Um, didn't I, I was not a fan of that. I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Everything else. That's fine. fine. I was fine with the light speed charge, the hyperspeed charge. Totally cool with it. I was like, neat. Didn't know we could do that. That's fun. Like again, fine. Great. Good for you. Well, it's like, it, it sucks because you could take I don't want to get to the hypers because I feel like there's God, that's like the most that's the one thing that sticks in my head of like, well, other than like dropping, dropping bombs in space, which is like whatever. Uh, who cares? I don't I can't. God, I can't muster the energy the space, to care about Alex, dropping they're, bombs they're space in space. Bombs. They're space bombs. OK, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah, sure. There's you enact force on them and they fall. I, whatever. Like, who can't? I don't care. There's, it doesn't matter. Space bombs. They do space things. Um, I. So, right. And that, but that's fine. But the thing is, is that we, we disagree on whether or not we like a decision, not whether or not it makes sense if it, so like, you know, so you can say, I don't like Canto Bite. I personally, for at least in, for me, Canto Bite, because the entire movie was about, the entire movie was about failure and what you do with failure. And also, it was it was basically, you know, as a midway point, it was a character arc for every for every person. Everybody sort of took an arc. Even Luke Skywalker had an arc, which like, you know, everybody did. Um, and the point of Canto Bite, you know, wasn't just a, a you know, so Finn does something. It was so that Finn uh, has a reason to care about the to care about the resistance, because before the only thing he cared about was Ray and the only reason he stuck with the resistance was Ray. And I, that was the thing I didn't, I didn't personally take Finn and Rose as an actual love story because it didn't really feel like Finn was really reciprocating that kiss at all. And based on what I know about Ryan Johnson's directing is that you don't really do something in front of him without him knowing that you're doing it and why you're doing it. And like, so him, so Finn sort of just being confused and Rose is the one who kisses him and he doesn't really have a reaction. He's just like, what, what, like what's going on? Like that to me made it not necessarily feel like the feeling was mutual. So when people were saying like, oh, this love story was just ham fisted. I was like, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really, it wasn't, didn't really feel like a love story. And I, that, and that's why, because it, it wasn't not totally, it was about, Finn seeing that there are that like there are reasons in the universe to fight for a cause other than to fight for yourself. And that was why he saw like slave children and and like and the the corporations, the space corporations like still profiting from from the war was just like, you know, it's like the world is bigger than just you and you can fight and you can fight for something. And that was and that was the point. I would agree that it went on a little too long. I think so. I think for sure. I mean, I remember walking out of that movie, even though I liked it, saying people are going to hate how long this movie is. Like, they're going to hate how long they're going to they're going to they're going to note how long things are and be like, oh, this was too long. 
And I can totally understand people feeling that way. But I I don't feel like things happened in this movie without a purpose. And that's also just that's also how Ryan Johnson writes things. He gives everything has a reason for happening. He doesn't just write things to happen for no reason, i.e. Oh. every other thing he's written. Okay, but but I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a wrench in here. Okay. But to some degree, that's saying he's pulling mystery boxes. Because to hmm. some degree, what you're telling, I mean. If it pays off in the movie, that's one thing. But to some degree, to be like, he wrote this with a purpose. But the thing is, is we never found out that purpose because he didn't go on to write the next movie. Right. Episode so, nine. Yeah. With that being said, I mean, he essentially pulled a J.J. Abrams. He's he's telling like what you're saying is, is like he, there are reasons that X, Y and Z are happening. We just don't know them yet. Well, that's exactly what J.J. did. J.J. was just more in your face about it, perhaps. But that's but that's it. Hmm. That's another round of that. Um, and again, I'm you know, I'm not saying you can't analyze a movie and you can't look into it, but I kind of like knowing I, I see what's in front of me. I, I take it sometimes for face value. When I saw that kiss, yeah, he was confused. But at the same time, like I thought this was a love story developing by the end of that movie. I was like, those two are going to be a couple. <laughs> no, <Apparently> not. <laughs> Apparently I was very wrong. Um, and, but again, like I, and don't get me wrong here. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing that out there to you. But again, let me state, I loved The Last Jedi. While Cantabite yeah. might not have been my favorite. And while I have gripes about like, Ray doesn't, her parents doesn't matter. Nothing matters. And nothing matters. Um, <laughs> I, it was like, that's, that's what it felt. It felt like if you gave, Rick Sanchez, like creative control of a Star Wars film. Mm. Last Jedi is what you get. And I love Rick Sanchez. So honestly, like I was like, this is great. Um, I liked the ending. Um, I, I loved, I mean, I know a lot of people Yoda. like, I loved watching Luke on with the sunset and, you know, the throwback. Like I, I loved that movie. Um, I really did. Yoda. It was good. Um, I could watch that Yoda scene over and over again. Yeah. Like, where it's just like, you know, uh, nothing matters. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I, yeah. And so what happened was, and so to lead into the next thing, well, one last thing before we move on. Hyper, hyper. Um, the, the hyperspace, the hyperspace Ram. Um, I the as you noted, I I spend more time on the Internet than you do. So I see a lot of I see angry Internet nerds everywhere. Everywhere I turn, there they are. You can find, look around the corner. There's one. Oh, so <laughs> what just sucked uh, uh, past me? <laughs> it's like it's like attach rockets to meteors. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> or like attach hyperspeed thrusters to meteors. And I'm like, oh, uh. um, and it's like and it's like and it's like I don't know what allowed that like I don't know what allowed that ship hitting at that speed and that position hitting the 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 supreme leader ship which then could then cause it to spread to all the other ships like I it they sort of address this on Rise of Skywalker I feel like um uh, I feel like bitterly because they were like we have to address the angry nerds otherwise they won't 
they'll they'll say, why don't we just do the thing from The Last Jedi? Um, and I was like, I was like, I don't know. I, who knows if you could ever do this again? Who knows what random factors? It was clearly a Hail Mary. Like, I don't think she knew it was going to work out like that. I think she was just like, I'm going to throw myself at this thing and pray that it works. Pray that something works that I like. I literally just need to buy them time. That's all that matters. And and so to me, like that, that made sense. Um, everybody had everybody had an arc. Poe's arc was supposed to be that he's a leader. That's supposed to be his arc. Just for the for the record. Finn is supposed to be committed to the cause, which is why he was willing to throw himself into a laser beam was because he cared about the resistance. Uh, Poe was a leader, which is why he was like, I need to save as many people as I can. Finn, I can't let you run into this laser or I don't want you to run into this laser. And Pud and Rose is the one who saves him from it. But like I, you know, everybody had an arc and good God, it was like none of it mattered at all. It was like people told me. This is how we're leading into the next episode. <laughs> people told me they didn't like The Last Jedi because The Last Jedi, I'm using their words, The Last Jedi was bad improv. It didn't take what Force Awakens was setting up and use it and say, oh, yes, and, and then bring it on to the next thing. And if, I, mean, I gotta say, yeah, there you go. And Dave is holding up a sign that says, yes, and. Um, if if Last Jedi was bad improv, then The Rise of Skywalker was like, was like somebody Playtime said, five year olds. hey, doctor, <sighs> hey, doctor, uh, hey, doctor, you have a, a, an open spot in an appointment. And the doctor goes, I'm a monkey. I'm not a doctor. Get out. <laughs> 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 Like, it was like, it was like something completely different. I mean, the, okay, hold on. I'm going <laughs> to, because we're about to switch gears to the next episode and yeah. finish this off. Um, I will say, I, again, I liked Last Jedi, but I don't disagree with that assessment. Not that, again, not that the writing was bad improv, but the way in which the story structure not, not continuing I do, and again, this is part of that Ray parentage thing. Most of it didn't bother me, but I do agree that I can understand that sentiment because if you think about it, that's 100% true. There were all of these threads that Force Awakens sets up and then Last Jedi just takes kerosene to the to the yarn and, and lights the yarn on fire and it's just like, we're just going to kind of forget most of this, take all of these characters and we're going to play, we're going to play in this sandbox now. That was your sandbox now we're in the Johnson sandbox. Well, it's like your sandbox, Mr. J.J. Abrams, your sandbox was was a new hope. And so we're going to do a new we're in a new trilogy. So let's do a new sandbox. And and that honestly, what sort of made me sad was that I think it was after episode eight. That's when they started saying the Skywalker saga. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, God, they they're. Oh, no, like this is we're still in for it. Like we can't I can't escape it. I can't escape. It has to be the Skywalkers all the time because the, the last character arc that I really like because, you know, was that Kylo Ren. I thought it was I personally thought it was awesome that they basically were like, no. There is no redemption coming for Kylo Ren. He's the bad. Kylo Ren is actually the bad guy. Like there's not you. You think it's going to be just another redemption story. I, but I never thought that. 
I don't know. I never thought that's what I, I never was, thought that only because again, knowing that Force was Awakens excited. was a new hope, the redemption doesn't happen till Return of the Jedi. So, I, but I was like, so uh, again, I knew immediately because think about that. Think about Empire, right? Like, we find out, yeah. Like, we find out, oh, it's your dad. Does that matter? No, he's still the bad guy. Like, he chops your fucking hand off. Off you go. Like, you know, it. It. I there wasn't a single moment where I watched that movie and I was like, oh. There's no way Kylo Ren will ever be redeemed. He's going to be bad forever. I literally was just like, yeah, of course he's not getting redeemed in this movie because there's still one more movie to go. And in, that was without knowing that like the turnarounds <laughs> or anything else. I just knew because of basic plot structure. I was just like, this is your this is a basic three act structure and we've done act one and this is act two. So the redemption can't come till act three because if it came now, I would have been a lot more surprised if it had come in in that episode because I'd have been like, whoa, then where are we going? Like, what? Well, that's, that's what I was. That's why I was so excited was because it was. Like that, they were they were they opened the door so clearly to redemption. Like in in episode eight, like it was like they had fast forwarded the redemption story of Return of the Jedi into one movie. They were like, you have an evil master, yeah, you kill him, and now now you're good because that's what happened with Darth Vader. And then it was like, no, this isn't what ha- it feels like. This is what happened with Darth Vader, but this isn't what happened. Like this isn't what's happening. Like. And I was, I I understand now it was a pipe dream and it was never going to happen, et cetera. But like, I could totally imagine like a, an ending of a trilogy where it's like, now you can move on from the trilogy going Kylo Ren is the new, is the new villain. We managed to stop the first order and we've ended, ended the trilogy, but Kylo Ren is still out there and he's still, you know, garnering support and whatever. But like, it doesn't who even cares about any of that because none of that happens and it can't happen so whatever i guess like so never mind so that, there it is congratulations you just you just summed up all of episode 9 in two words so never mind cowardice <laughs> never mind cowardice is what it was. just so oh, cowardice is how i would describe this? episode 9 uh, you don't need any of this yeah i i said you know i whenever i talk about the trilogy as a whole i always say like yeah, you know, you definitely feel like someone was driving the car in a direction and then they took a hard left for Last Jedi and you were like, wow, I didn't know we were taking this left, but hey, I'm along for the journey. And then you like you're driving down that road for quite a while, <laughs> or quite a while. And then your first driver comes and shoots your driver in the head, drags his corpse out to the side of the road, gets in the car and says, say nothing we're turning around and going back the way we came (laughs) and then takes you like just doesn't even take you back down the road just cuts diagonally through the cornfield to get back on the original road you were on and then continue from there and just acts like nothing happened um that for me is, is is a summary of how this this story ends up kind of shaping up um you know it yeah, it was just like so. so talk, was, talk, was so... Talking about all those threads, it was like JJ comes back, nerds are upset, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe all of this is 
this is maybe nerds, maybe nerds are their own worst enemy in this case, because maybe <laughs> it was all the rage against Last Jedi that made the studio execs go, oh, no, they won't pay money and come see our movie if they're not happy nerds. Quick, call back JJ, get him back. JJ, fix this again and, you know, do the thing he did the first time around. And so he just takes the ashes of the the threads that he he wove so so casually in Force Awakens and just (laughs) pours miracle water on him and brings him back and then looks at those other threads that are over there that are actually pretty interesting in terms of the way in which they weave and and look at all and it doesn't matter those those don't matter anymore we're just going to continue these again remember these? remember remember Alf? he's back (laughs) in Emperor Emperor form form. Um, (laughs) I I mean that should have been the sign Right. Like that should have been the biggest that should have been the single biggest red flag of anything that existed. Like when they said, like, oh, the emperor is going to have a presence in this movie. I think most people were thinking, oh, is he like is he going to what's he is it going to be like a like a projection of him that he like left, you know, in the future or like whatever. And they just didn't give a shit about it. Just like. Just like I did a New Hope last time and I'm doing Return of the Jedi this time. And it's like, was last time Empire Strikes Back? Who cares? <laughs> this one's Return of the Jedi. It's the third one. So the Emperor's the bad guy. And it's like he fell down a fucking shaft and exploded. And they were like, oh, we're going to do a meme from uh, Revenge of the Sith. And that's the reason. And it's like, no, that's not a reason. That's that's not a reason that 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 you have puppet emperor here. Like, that's not a reason you can't just say the path of the powers that some people, some would consider unnatural. It's like, yeah, is that it? Because the last time you said that it didn't work. The last he's not time the you've first said that, one to throw, Padme died. He's not the first one to fall down a shaft and live. Darth Maul was <laughs> explode. Dar, Dar, Darth Maul was cut in half. We all thought Maul yeah, was but, dead, and you know what? He came back in fine form. Um, but Emperor Palpatine exploded. <laughs> but he's got force powers. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Palpatine. Yeah. Uh, I. I I just Who cares about so, Patamame or Panda Bear or whatever her name was. Oh god, he's crying. <laughs> I it was just like the plan he has I first of all, everything was moving at mock speed in the theaters. The first like 15 10 minutes of the movie are just like go 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 go. I remember turning to a friend of mine in the theater and being like and like just to like see if they sort of were looking this or like felt sort of the same way, like just like, I'm sorry, is this not just going crazy right now for you? Like, I feel like I'm just like I feel like the movie's doing something to me and I don't know what's hyperspeed. happening. <laughs> yeah, hyperspeed jumping. They're hyperspeed jumping in the direction. Also, they're hyperspeed jumping. I and so he just shows up like. They literally Kylo Ren kills a guy and then he goes to Exegol and then he's like and then he finds the emperor and the emperor's like, I'm everybody. And then also I also made a bajillion Death Star or Star Destroyers and they're also Death Stars and they've always been here and I've always been here and everything's always been here and there's never been a hint to it and there never will be. But it's all been here. And and like and it was like 
I just couldn't fucking believe what I was looking. I was like, what is happening? You showed this message in Fortnite. You, you couldn't even play the message for me in the movie of him coming back. They played the message of the Emperor coming back in a Fortnite live event. And that's where you're supposed to have heard the message that Palpatine sent out was in Fortnite, not in Fortnite as a preview for the movie, in Fortnite so that you had some context when you went into the movie. <laughs> Why? It was... Why? Look, I mean... It, it was what it was. It needed... I, I said, you know, my one of my biggest gripes of that movie was the same. It was the, it was the fact that... Ooh, ow, that hurt a lot. That was my keyboard what fell ow onto your foot just oh, like fall oh, directly onto your oh foot God. oh oh geez hold on did, stuff pop, did stuff pop out hold on hold on this will be great for the cast people will love hearing like all of the uh the tragedy that's going on right now with me um it sounds like a bunch of keycaps fell out. They didn't. It's just my, uh, I have a shelf um, that my keyboard is on, and I guess it just, oh. like, I don't know, it, it hit itself just the right way or something, and it just, like, completely, uh, completely derped on me. And now I can't get it, uh, can't get it back in. There we go. Now it's back. All right, but anyway. Um, so anyway, Finn has a secret for Ray, and he doesn't have a chance to tell her, and apparently it's that he's Force-sensitive. Apparently that's the secret. He couldn't tell her now, and he couldn't tell her later. He had, he had to tell her when he thought he was going to die. Otherwise, uh, whatever. You should have blown up Chewbacca. I love Chewbacca. You should have blown him up. You should have done it. I'm going to... This is my... This is one of my hottest takes. Yep. You should have blown up Chewbacca... I think it was worth doing. I think it was exactly as terrible, like terrifying to watch. Like you watch the, the, the force lightning came out. It felt really effective to like watch her fire the force lightning and then exploded. And the entire theater was like, oh my God, they just killed Chewbacca. Like, and you were like, oh my God, she's going to have to reckon with the fact that this part of her past, which I now have to deal with is happening and whatever. And then they immediately show us that Chewbacca's okay. And then after they show us Chewbacca's okay, they have a scene of all of them in the Millennium Falcon being like, I just can't believe Chewie's gone. And they're like, we're going to have to fight for his memory. And they're like, oh man, so serious. And I'm like, how this, you've robbed this scene of all of its dramatic tension by doing the last scene. Like, as if you did them in the wrong order somehow and you didn't notice. I, I, I The dagger knows where the Death Star is <laughs> and how it broke. And 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 scary Ray showed up for a second. With a sick-ass <laughs> lightsaber. And it was like a double and it folded out and did... And and then and then uh, and then Princess Leia and then Leia died, and and like and, and then, then Han Solo came back in ghost form. Don't worry, it's all imagination. Well, like as a dream, yeah, as like a dream or or something. Um, Kylo Ren's good now. I don't know. 
You're right. Now Kylo Ren's good. Now he's good. Uh, now it's a mirror of The Force Awakens where he said the same thing. And but last time it was that he doesn't think he's strong enough to be a bad guy. But now it's that he doesn't think he's strong enough to be a good guy. And that's the whole it's a parallel. Wow. Look at that. Oh, by the way, but, they have special force powers where the, 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 the dyad, they can just put the force and they can you, you could just put, toss a lightsaber behind you and, and pick it up out of your back. <laughs> so. I so on one hand, that's something that they ex, that's something that was introduced in The Last Jedi, but it, it felt much more metaphysical in The Last Jedi. Like, even though it was like, you know, Kylo felt his hand and it was like there's rain and it was like, whoa, it's like, wow, it's like that's somehow I felt but a I thing. Didn't, but I didn't, it, to this, in I this didn't one, feel like when I watched it in episode eight, my my mind didn't say, oh, my God, the rain that was around her transported through space and time yeah. through the force onto Kylo Ren's hand. No, my mind said, oh, their connection is so strong that he literally was able to manifest like a rain substance in because she is currently in rain. Not that the literal rain that she was in was now with right. him. Um, so, yeah. So for them to be like, I can literally just like, oh, you need a sandwich? Got you. Four sandwich. Nice. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> It was it was like one of the few things that he took from episode eight and was just like, I can do whatever I want with this. And there's no there's nothing. There's no limits to what it can do. It can literally do whatever it wants. I remember being in the theater. The thing is, I don't like it when I'm in a theater and I can remember exactly how I felt because I started thinking about why things were said. That's that's when I know that I'm not truly enjoying something is because I'm trying to understand why it was said or what what Mm -hmm. it means. So when Kylo Ren reaches out his hand and he goes, your, your, your grandfather is Emperor Palpatine. And I'm like, oh, great. And he's like, you don't understand, Ray. We're a dyad of the force. And, and, and then it's like the music sort of, I don't, maybe it didn't, maybe I'm just misremembering, but there was clearly a very heavy emphasis put on that. And I remember he said that and I was just like, what is that? What is the die out in the foot? What is that? What did you even say? Like, I was like, what did you say? What did he say? Like, what is that? What did he say? I don't know what that is. I, what is a dyad in the force? He said it like it was a thing that everybody knew what that was. And then Emperor Palpatine's lives like, oh, it's a dyad yeah, in the dyad. force. Of course. Wait, you know what? I thought <laughs> I needed like, you, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a vampire. Man. <laughs> Like that's, that's I, my that was also one of my favorite moments where it's just like I need you to be on my oh wait no I don't I can just do this <laughs> <laughs> like literally this whole plan of like I need to turn you to the dark side Ray if you're not darkness I can't ever come back and this, this whole, the whole plan will go away if you're not a part of this <laughs> and then she's like no and he's like I, fuck it I was just kidding <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just like I um what what? <laughs> um, I mean, also, what are if the, it sounds what like are the limits to the dyad, right? Like, could 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 Ky- conceivably had Kylo survived? Um, also, like I don't know, we didn't say major spoilers, but you should have expected major spoilers for all of these now. And if you haven't seen them, get the fuck out of here. Um, but like, 
could could Kylo have been like on a different planet and he him have been like Ray, I yes. need a ship. And she like <laughs> boop and ship. out of his back he would have just turned around and it'd be a ship now. Like oh God. what is the limit to that? Like that is literally I that it also breaks God, it breaks. I mean, I know we're talking about the force, and I know the force is another word for the force is space magic. Um, but even then, my willing suspension of disbelief is just like it broke every law of physics and matter like that. It's just like, hey, <laughs> hey, you you be- you believe well, like, certain truths? They- it's not boop. They specifically, they specifically went out of their way in episode eight, which I know feels like a lost cause to even say that sentence. But like, they specifically went out of their way to say that Luke, one of the most powerful Jedi, had to, didn't even physically manifest himself, an image of himself across the galaxy, and like, and at the time it did, it felt like this amazingly powerful thing, like something so distinctly Jedi managing to reignite his legend, save the resistance and mentally defeat his old pupil just by making it look like he's there and younger. Like, and that's it. And that's all he had to do. And it was like this amazing thing. And now it's just like, I can just teleport shit around the galaxy and it, who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, I guess so. Like, sure, I guess Leia Mary Poppinsing herself across space was like, it was a little silly, but like, I don't know. I thought it was cool that she got to actually do force stuff. Uh, like, I just, I don't, and then, oh God, and don't even get me started on the fucking Knights of Ren, because it was like, oh, the Knights of Ren, and they literally were just for a bunch of landscape shots, and that was all they were ever good for. They never did anything at all. Oh, they got... They got janked by Kylo Ren. Killed by Kylo Ren. Like, hey, I know you guys. You're my knights. Die. (laughs) Hold on. Let me first get my light, my back lightsaber, and make a weird little. (laughs) How about that? How about Han Solo? How about Han Solo? And and I just, it was just like, I don't. And here's the problem. Uh, I had a conversation with my brother about this after we saw this movie. The, the reason that I'm a little sad saying that Kylo Ren is one of my favorite things about this trilogy is because at the end he dies. And it's like the thing about America, about Western media, um, I'm realizing after watching, you know, after watching a lot of anime and other sort of Japanese media and watching Western media, I've come to a real conclusion. Americans don't believe in redemption. Not really. It's hard for them. They, they, the only way you can ever truly redeem yourself is if you're dead. You can't redeem yourself any other way. There's no way you can ever possibly redeem yourself. You have to die. Animes go through long arcs, like redeeming their villains from the first season. And then eventually their characters you come to beloved, but then you but you're always like, yeah, but didn't you do some really fucked up shit in the first Vegeta. season? And they're like, right. And they're like, but it took time and we've redeemed him. But a lot of the time in Western media, they're like, you have to die. And it made me sad that it was like Kylo Ren has to die in order for him to ever be redeemed ever. And I'm I like, I don't necessarily, surely. I mean, I, I don't disagree that that's what they did, but I don't think he needed to die to have, be redeemed. Like, I think, 
I think the redemption story could have been there. We could have taken for face. No, no, I agree. Back. He like again, yeah, yes, he didn't. He, I, I, he did not have to die. That's what I wanted. Yeah. I wanted them to have like you know have like him you know in chains at the resistance base you know like sitting there sullenly, <laughs> and then I don't know. And then, and then yeah, and then, carry it forward. And then Ray comes over and takes the chains off, and he goes, "What are you? What are you doing?" And then they hold make on, out. Hold on, <laughs> everyone. He said he was sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I and like, it's just, no, right. And that was my point. You could have done it. You could have. There is a way to figure it out. There's a way to finish a trilogy from The Last Jedi. You are, you are never truly written out. You are never truly written out of, of a, a, like, into a corner. There is surely there is a way you can maneuver a way out and you can have <laughs> Adam driver and have an, have a compelling character. Oh, fucking put him in the Disney plus show with the 2024 Kylo. Wow. Everybody hates him, but he finds a way and he makes friends in prison. Like, I don't know. Do so. You can do something. Speaking of things that are going at hyperspeed and all of those, uh, in, in that movie, that ending should have there should have been a whole movie in between that in between the parts of that ending in between the end of like the emperor and then ray on her own with a brand spanking new yellow bladed lightsaber yeah there there's a movie and there's there's a whole i was like what when did but she would have had to but i went but then the and would she how did she what and then oh god what's your name skywalker Ray. <laughs> Ray. Raid Shadow what? Legends. <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. Ray turns to camera, mm. smiles, wings twice. <laughs> Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> Just it was like all of the most predictable, terrible things that could have happened did happen. And it was like I it was I was it was like if I was if I was a hack, I would make her Emperor Palpatine's daughter, granddaughter. And they were like, "Well, then your your wish has been granted. She's Emperor Palpatine's granddaughter." And I'm like, "And now this is a problem for her. It's never been a problem for her her whole life, but now it's a problem for her because it's a problem now because Emperor Palpatine's a problem now. Like you you couldn't even you couldn't have her like." She, you know, see a projection of Emperor Palpatine where he says, like, I've always planned on, you know, my granddaughter being this thing and she'll believe, you know, like, you know, make it so that she can't believe anything because her whole life is a lie. Like, sure, do that. But it's and, like. Uh, so going along with that, imagine this, right? Imagine if episode eight was. um what what if Kylo was the main bad guy of that? And what if the redemption story of that arc of his arc was like, what if this dyad connected them to the point where like, like imagine if Kylo had like received these projections. So he knew all along about Ray's Ray's heritage. He brings her, he shows her these projections and tries to convince her that the only way that she can ever save anyone is by giving into her destiny, giving into like the dark side of the force, trying to corrupt her, trying to get her to become that, that bad Ray. And what if like the entire struggle in that final act was her and Kylo Ren and Kylo Ren, like not, 
a physical struggle, but like a forced dyad struggle where the two of them are just like, he thinks he's corrupting her, but like in turn, there's like a twist and she ends up bringing him back into the light. And that's how the, then the two of them together, and then they kiss and they kiss and the two of them together. Right, and then they are just kiss. like, <laughs> I don't know. They die add up to the stars and and destroy all the ships and, and it ends that way. But like again, you didn't need yeah, you didn't need Palpatine. Also at the end and there, also Ray Ray Watts. If she had been like Ray Palpatine, I would have been like, oh fuck. Like taking the name. Yeah, back. like I'd have been like, wow, that is ballsy. Like if she just like you know what I mean? Like this idea that she goes if she goes on a like again sort of like this own personal path of redemption not for herself necessarily but like knowing where she comes from and almost like taking on the burden of being like i'm going to purposefully go do good in the world as who i am to like you know not to redeem the emperor but it's sort of like a to make amends for what the emperor had done. Not that there's any way to do that. I mean, there's no balancing that scale per se, but still what a powerful message to be like, you know, I'm going to own this and I'm going to take it further and I'm going to, I'm going to turn it into like when I'm done, when I'm done, the name Palpatine will only ever be remembered as, you know, something good in the universe. Um, Much more powerful than like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Skywalker, huh? And she's like, and she's like, Skywalker. I don't know who like, that, who, who's who's Skywalker. <gasps> and and she's like, this is uh this is the old uh what's oh god why can't I remember their names the um what the hell's Uncle their names? Ben and uh, May. <laughs> no, no, yeah, but like, uh, what was uh um what was his aunt and uncle's names? Uh, no, I'm like their last names. It wasn't Skywalker. It was uh. It was like, um, oh my God, no, whatever. It'd be like, whatever. They're like, this is old Owen's place. <laughs> like, who's Skywalker? This is old like, Ben Kenobi's hut. <laughs> <laughs> and Ray's like, Ben Kenobi? That's a name I've never heard. <laughs> and we're like, wow, we have no- we've connected nothing. <laughs> like, I just. Ooh, aren't you trespassing? Every- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like this is a moisture farm. It's been out of. It's been out of. It hasn't been working for Man, years. I think you and your fancy like, light stick need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I and so like I don't know. Yeah, every pretty much everything could have been done better in every way, mm-hmm. and it's and it's really it's it's really depressing uh, because I know that, but. But the silver lining of this, of what was sort of a really a huge mess of sadness, um, C-3PO, it seemed like he's going to die, but actually, no, it's just kidding. He's fine. It's all back. And he has all the oh, memories back. Oh, wait, she was going to die. Oh, wait, no. He's just kidding. No, it's just kidding. No, it's not. He's fine. Uh, oh, Hux is on the good team. Uh, Never mind. He's dead. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, like like uh oh i need you to strike me down in anger and haha you can't beat me without striking me down in anger haha oh no wait never mind i don't need it like <gasps> oh wait never mind that like uh i have ultra powerful lightning that can literally allow me to fire lightning up into space that is enough to disable an entire fleet of ships that i i literally just sitting there i can summon up enough <laughs> lightning but now i can't summon up enough lightning to fire past your two lightsabers it's impossible <laughs> I can't do it. Um, 
uh, hearing all those Jedi voices was really awesome. Uh, even though I know that it was really not a good time and I'm, I'm, <laughs> if God, if any other movie, any other time other than that time, but it was cool to hear all the voices of those characters and have Ahsoka. them like, you know, hearing Ahsoka's voice. And it wasn't Rosario hearing, Dawson's hearing, voice. It was Ashley Eckstein's voice. Hearing Kanan's voice, like hearing Kanan like, Jarrus. yeah. Ooh. It was cool. It was it was cool to have all that, but it was just surrounded by a bunch of like totally unnecessary who cares. Like I they it was just nonstop nonstop nonsense for no reason just to do let's do as much fan service as we possibly can do for no reason. Lando's here. He has an entire fleet of ships with him. Why? Because Lando's also, here. Also remember Finn? That's why. Finn's a character. Remember Finn? He's he's force sensitive, but no, that's but, why he knows that we need like, to go there. But like, on the do you horses. remember Finn? Because <laughs> I almost forgot about him in that movie <laughs> because he just didn't matter. Yep. Right. I was gonna say if it sounds like we haven't been talking about Finn or Poe a lot, it's because the movie isn't talking about Finn or Poe either <sighs> at all. And if it sounds like we're not talking about Rose at all, it's because they, neither did the movie talk about Rose at all. They literally were like, "Hey Rose, you gonna come on this adventure too?" And she goes, "No, I got some other stuff." And I don't know. I'm, hey Rose, yeah, are I'm, we in a relationship? I don't think so. Yeah, me neither. I like you, I'm, friend. No. <laughs> Shoulders. And then she's like, "Sorry, I gotta look at a box." And wow, it's gonna be a whole movie. I'm just gonna have to look at this. Wow. And then oh, wow. she's gone until look, the Finn, battle at the end. Someone who's whose racial ethnicity matches yours clearly this is your love interest <laughs> like yeah and that was just like i was just oh god that was oh. that was painful just like, for me it was painful for me when it was like not only are they getting rid of the rose finn thing but it was like oh so you have to provide finn with a black woman for the for him to have some yeah for it to make like, sense you, for it to like make sense he, like why 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 was that necessary <sighs> Um, God. anyway, and then, uh, and then Kyle Ren and Ray kiss. Oh, but, but wait, he did, he dies. Right. Right. But first it's very important. They kiss. <laughs> so anyway, I, people laughed. We in are, the theaters. we are at almost two hours, so we should wrap it. Yeah. So I guess my sort of closing statement is if there's anything you would want to take away from the sequels, go to Disney plus and watch the Star Wars holiday special, the new one, the Lego Star Wars holiday special. That are the things that I like from the sequels that I want to carry forward. It literally is like Finn is force sensitive and now Ray's training him. And Poe is, you know, like Poe's there and he's trying to take charge of the situation because he's a leader. And like, and it's literally like, it's like the happiest thing I could imagine seeing that that movie it's not very long it's only like 38 minutes or 34 minutes it's not long but it's just god it's it made me be like oh thank god like that's right there are things i do like from the sequel trilogy and they're here and they're not going to be going away and that's the main point don't delete the sequel trilogy from existence like it happened i know that a lot of really stupid shit happened for no reason and man it was infuriating but like it happened Get some, take some cool stuff from it and make something from it. Like, you know, Clone Wars, Clone Wars, the TV show happened. Attack of the Clones wasn't a very good movie, but it spawned a a great TV show. And just, you know, take cool stuff from the sequels and use it. That's, that's all. That's really what it is. So there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
I feel like that whole conversation was really more <laughs> to be like, good Lord, Rise of Skywalker was a mess. I mean, that's what it came down to. But <laughs> anyway, that aside, thank you again. Pleasure having a conversation with you. Uh, to the listeners, hopefully you enjoyed listening to us just rip a new one all over J.J. Abrams' last, uh, you know, uh, piece de resistance of Star Wars. We still didn't talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. That'll be for another time. Um, yeah. That'll be a story be for a story another, for another time. time. Until we think of something else and then we're just like, uh, we'll get back to it. Um, but again, uh, you know, if you enjoyed the episode, if you have questions, if you want to rant about Star Wars, you can always email ysnpgcast at gmail.com. Um, and again, you can always follow Alex as Darksaber on Twitch. Um, so please do so. Um, and uh, until next time, folks. Cheers. Cheers.